Welcome back to Berlin Midnight Meows. I was waiting for Lunar New Year to be over to come online again, so no one will be asking me, "Hey, where's your Happy Lunar New Year?" So Lunar New Year is pretty much like a storm for me. That I need to wait till this is over to go out again. It's not that fun for me usually. If I was at home at this time, I would probably be helping my mom make all the food and then do all the dishes. You know, like be the human dishwasher for five days straight.、Uh, well, not always me. But then, definitely, every day after dinner, you have to look around and read the room just to see if someone else volunteers to do the dishes. Otherwise, usually the youngest or the woman, the youngest woman, that's very dangerous. I mean, many people ask me this question: Do you celebrate Lunar New Year here in Berlin? My answer is. I'm so happy that I don't have to celebrate Lunar New Year, cause it's such a pain in the ass. I remember when I went to mainland China with my family, they wanted to cook everything themselves. Like my mom, to be specific, <laughs> not my dad. He never wanted to celebrate festivals, any festivals. But my mom always wanted to make something big, and of course, with some free labor's help, like me. There's no heating in my grandparents' flat, so usually we have to dip our hands into this freezing cold water to do everything for like some hours, because it's a lot of meat. So your hands will be constantly oily and smelling like some chicken or pork. So it's not that fun. It's just a lot of work and always way more stressful than just like a regular day, like when you have to go to work or go to school. After the Lunar New Year vacation, that's the exam season. So already you have to do all the family duties, and on top of this, you still have to prepare do some revision for the exams. I'm I was not like a very good student, but still I didn't want to fail. So yeah, the only good thing was of course I got a lot of pocket money from my relatives and my grandparents. They were very generous. Also, as an extrovert, that's a nightmare because you always have to meet a lot of people, and usually people older than you or like people at your age. But then you will always be compared to them. Like, how was your grades last time? Or if you're working already, how much money do you make? If you're single or not? Like, look at your cousin; they already have three kids or what? So. Socially, it was also lots of stress. Even if you are tired as fuck from washing the chicken meat for your mom yesterday, you will still have to put on some nice, just like some smile or some friendly facial expressions, things like that, because everyone is very sensitive around this time. Like my mom will be looking at me and be like, "Why aren't you smiling? It's New Year's Eve. Why you look so negative all the time?" So. They really use like a microscope to look into everything you do, not to mention all these traditions. For example, you can't sweep the floors on the New Year's Day because you sweep away all the good luck. 
I clearly remember some of us got beaten because we just violated some rules or just, you know, did something against the tradition, uh, like wash your hair on the New Year's Eve. Oh, no, that's okay. Like not on the New Year's Day. I think on the New Year's Eve, you are supposed to do everything, do all the cleaning and everything just to make sure you welcome the New Year's Day with everything new. But then on the first few days of the new year, there are so many things you cannot do. And it's so ironical because usually the third day is like a day of no dispute. You shouldn't fight anyone on this day. And you know my family from my last several episodes. We're always fighting. Like there's not a single day we don't fight. So on that day, you know, someone would just say something inappropriate or like just not popular. My mom would kind of use this as like a, as a shield to tell us not to say anything against her because this is not a day for fights. But she was already scolding us. So that's why I could never really enjoy this festival, even though I did like certain things. For example, I like this market thing. Um, It's like the Lunar New Year version of Christmas market in Hong Kong. It's just way more commercialized. It's not so religious. It's purely about making good money and like some good luck and stuff. So everyone is very willing to spend. So the markets are 10 times bigger than the Christmas markets here. That's also the opportunity, let's say, for many young people to try doing some small business for the very first time. Either they sell something creative, like that just make something themselves, or they buy something from some Chinese factories and then sell them for triple the price in Hong Kong. But still, it's just fun. It's not just old people. It's very diverse and like, Food also not as standard as Christmas markets here. Uh, Yeah, so there are something I like, but I never really get to enjoy that. In this sense, I'm very pro my dad because he is like super communist, as I mentioned many, many times. So he always questioned the value of traditions and any rituals that he's like, why do we have to do this? What's the meaning of bringing other people gifts when it becomes something kind of forced and just like written on the book that you have to do it because you don't really do it from the bottom of your heart. I don't deny some people do, but in this kind of festival time, it's like if you don't bring some gifts to other people when you visit them, they will find you really, really rude. So... Even if you are sincere, there is still like some, at least some 10% of feeling forced. So I, I think my dad is correct that, yeah, all these things, like same as Valentine's Day, everything had a good meaning or like a good intention behind it at the very beginning. Just imagine 1000 years ago, if you bring a box of mooncake to your friends during um, mid-autumn festival, they will be so happy because people back then were fucking poor. So all these gifts actually meant a lot for people. But nowadays, you know how many mooncakes people get every year? 
so many people have to just junk them because they just expire. You have like 10 boxes of mooncakes, four mooncakes in each box. So it's like 40 every year. And I'm talking growing up in a family that doesn't have that many friends. And we already have a lot of chocolates from Lunar New Year time that we can never finish because it's sweet. It's not rice. Sometimes I would rather have some something really practical, just like toilet paper. But of course, it's not in this category of festival gifts. So it's not like with some kind of good meaning. Like what? If you give people toilet paper on Lunar New Year's Day, are you wishing them a good pooping year? Like no diarrhea and good digestion in the next whole year or what? It's weird. Just not everyone has this humor. So they will still expect chocolate, candies, that you have to pay triple the price for something exactly the same, but just in the Lunar New Year look package. So I totally agree with my dad on this. It's meaningless or like it starts to lose meaning. And yeah, if you don't really do it 100% voluntarily, then what's the point of celebration? Apart from just being part of capitalism, fitting the social norm, what's the point, right? Oh my God, if you ask me all these wishes I said to my parents, my relatives, or, you know, in the last 20 years, were they really authentic, sincere? I don't think so. Okay, listen, I'm not like evil that I don't wish anyone good. The thing is, usually in Lunar New Year, it's not just like, Happy New Year! No, you have to say 10 more than this, like good health. Also wish the stock my mom bought just go up next year. And just so many things. Like, cause every time after I say just a simple Happy New Year, my mom would ask me, that's all. Do you know your cousin said 10 more things to me? And that would just become like a weird competition. Honestly, I hated this cousin a lot as a kid. Like, not like I want to kill him, not that level. But I would just roll my eyes and be like, why are you such an ass licker? Come on, just say one wish that we all go. We all do one, okay? Or like worst scenario, you do one, I do two. Everyone is happy. But then he would start this shitty arms race that he already started with 10. So if I would be the next, then I would need to do at least 11. And you just like kind of memorizing the standard wishes and just spill them out. And yeah, so it became kind of like an exam as well. Yeah, like a good kid exam, even if you just being quiet, that's a fucking crime at that time. The idea is not to chill. Lunar New Year is definitely not about chilling. It's like a working time that you have to do a lot of housework. You have to cook a lot of food. You have to serve a lot of people and you have to talk a lot. If you're just sitting there doing nothing, watching TV, then some traditional people like my mom would just come to me and be like, why are you just watching TV here? Do something. Say something to your grandma. Entertain your grandpa a little bit. Don't just sit here because you just like watching TV like every single day. But we are celebrating a festival now. So do your work. I am an introvert and I always find all these 
which is kind of cringy as well. Like what? Like, uh, you know, like with women, they always say like, wish you beautiful and young forever, that kind of things. I already didn't enjoy hearing it. So not to mention how disgusted I felt when I had to say this. But of course, everything I say in this podcast, it's just my thoughts deep inside. But on the surface, if you see me in person, I would still deliver everything. That's why I'm so conflicted and always suffer so much because I still try to deliver. Part of it is also just like lazy that I don't want to stand out at this time. I just do what you want and you let me go, please. Like I don't want to get all the attention to be the different one. That being said, I think I do like this festival a little bit more after moving away from my family and just being in Germany because it's not a major festival here. So there's no agenda. There's also no expectation. I mean, of course, a little bit on us because we're Asian. So people kind of expect you to celebrate this. I'm sure for some newspaper or like some media outlet that want to do some New Year special, if they see me on the street, they would definitely grab me and try to interview me for how I feel celebrating Lunar New Year in Germany, something like that. But still, I feel like I could truly appreciate some part of this festival. Just having this as a reason to have some gatherings with your friends or introduce the culture and traditions you know, both positive and negative to the friends who didn't grow up in this culture. As my communist dad said, when you do it from the bottom of your heart and when you really truly enjoy it. Yeah, it's weird. The older I get, the more I feel like, oh my God, I really agree with a lot of weird opinions of my dad's that... Yeah, because I mean, he's also kind of weird, honestly, even even in Hong Kong or in mainland China, he was always a weirdo as well. Like people like my mom always mock him for being just weird or like just saying he's edgy, which is not totally wrong. But just I just feel like there's some truth in what he said. I also agree as a kid, but what could a kid do when you agree? You couldn't do anything. I would just like agree but still I have to wash the chicken meat for my mom so it's not like I would say to my mom I disagree with what you do but I still respect that just leave me out of this I'm not gonna be part of your bullshit you can't do it like this right it's not an option as a kid To be fair, I feel like even if it wasn't Lunar New Year, I probably wouldn't have recorded more or uploaded more episodes anyways. uh, Yeah, there were just a few pretty like unfortunate events that happened that I, I, I'm not going to talk about them now, but I, I had like a tiny burnout and yeah, just different things, very busy with bureaucracy and stuff. So maybe when this whole shit is over, I can talk about them, but not now. But still, I managed to do several comedy shows uh, like in the last four, five, six weeks. <laughs> and when I talk to the comics, I'm always amazed how hardworking they are. 
And sometimes I try to find excuses for myself that I have a full-time job. I was busy with bureaucracy a lot. So I just wouldn't have the capacity like the full-time comedians. But then I found out many of them also have a corporate job. And there were actually a lot of people I got to know. They, they're pretty much like me that have a full-time corporate job aside and, you know, kind of just need something for our mental health. So they, they do stand-up comedy in their free time. Yeah, it's crazy because when I talk to my friends, just friends that are not in the comedy circle, they always worry about me being overworked or just like too harsh to myself and like overwhelm myself with too many things at once. For them, I think it's already quite insane that I'm doing a 40 hours job and then comedy and then a podcast. Every time I have to explain to them, like people, when I'm at home alone, it's not like I'm always writing new jokes or recording podcasts or editing them. It's not like this. I spend most of my free time on watching some trashy K-pop videos. Okay, they're not trashy. Actually, I really truly enjoy that. Just like what my dad said, right? If you truly enjoy something, then they are they are meaningful. Okay, so let's say, yeah, I'm just like spending all my time watching a lot of meaningful K-pop videos Uh, and gaming. I game a lot. Uh, So it's not that crazy. I don't think I'm in the definition of this kind of, you know, the people that are really aggressive, like, I mean, positively ambitious at work they would that they would really burn their lives for that I'm I'm not that stage anymore I used to dream this lifestyle but not burning my life for a corporate job come on like I would burn my life for being a very cool journalist or like a film director entrepreneur of a social enterprise This kind of things, you know, that's a cool things I would potentially burn my life for, but not a fucking corporate job. Well, oh my God, it's coming back to the the laziness definition. In the stand-up circle, they do so many things. I mean, many of them are indeed full-time comics. They do lots of tours, also produce a lot of shows. Many of them also have their podcasts and some improv shows, like just a lot of things, like five, six different kinds of things. Of course, all within this performance category, but still people really underestimate how much self-discipline you need to have as a freelancer. That's way more commitment than just doing like a 40-hour corporate job. So I really admire them. For those that have first a corporate job and then also do like some 10 shows per week or minimum five shows per week, it's insane. Okay, I, I, te- I tell you how many I do usually per week. One. I do one stand-up show per week and that's max. So there were also times that I just do one in one month or like even one in a whole quarter so I'm always a little bit ashamed talking to them and this kind of comics with a full-time corporate job no offense 
but statistically, most of them are Indians. So I'm always like, am I the laziest Asian in this circle? Because it feels like this. Or maybe Indians are just the most hardworking, most diligent Asians. I actually think this might be true on average. I also have some Indian colleagues at work and they're all like, they can juggle a lot at the same time without feeling stressed. I think I'm a person, if I have to, I can also juggle maybe 10 projects at once at work. But deep down, I think I'm dying. My colleagues or like all these Indian comics that are like programmer during the day and then at night still three more shows after their work. I, I never see the tightness on their face because they are also still very bubbly when they joke about being a comic and that's like the not even like a job job to their parents. I'm like, no, maybe the rest of us, but not you, also not me, because you know, you know what how much tax we're paying. So you're not that kind of like losers in Asian parents' eyes. <coughs> Recently, there is a friend suggesting that when this podcast gets a bit bigger, I could start some kind of advice column that I get some live struggles, questions, problems, relationship problems or whatever from the audience. And then I just roast the shit out of them. Uh, yeah, not really giving advice actually, but kind of giving advice because sometimes people just need to wake the fuck up, like for real, that like any constructive advice is not going to help if they're not acknowledging their problems. Actually, that's a very interesting idea. In real life, if we are friends, I still try to be constructive because I'm just a very... I'm just deep down a pretty serious person that I only make jokes when I think it's 100% safe. I never make like borderline jokes at work and such because many people do that. I'm always like, you're not funny. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) Yeah, let's just talk about work. Like stop, stop forcing me to listen to your stupid jokes that are just embarrassing. And even with friends, because sometimes people talk about like their dates or what. On one hand, some of these dates are just douchebags. Like I don't have to analyze the situation. That just sounds like classic douchebag. You're just wasting your life hanging out with them. But on the other hand, I'm like, you know, sometimes humans need some kind of toxic substances to just be happy you know like smoking taking drugs it's the same thing like if I don't judge smoking why should I judge someone's shitty annoying low-key abusive relationship right it's a kind of addiction that you know it's bad but when you do it when you take this drug you still feel good and sometimes humans just need this kind of simple happiness right it's weird that i say toxic relationship is your simple happiness but it really is sometimes if i give advice in real life i think i tend to be a little bit too concerned about the impact of what i say so i would always try to 
be very clear with everything. Just even mention all kinds of options that are available to that person. And then at the end, add a disclaimer of, okay, so that's my opinion if you ask me, but it really depends what's your goal and what you need at the moment. If you just want to have some great memories that you would look back to 30 years later, do it, you know, just do stupid things. That's fine. You're going to be happy that you did some stupid things when you were young. I just cannot stand hiding certain things from myself or like from the discussion when we talk about live decisions. I just want to be completely open about everything. And maybe that's also some bad habits I pick up from my parents that they're always being overly honest. Or like a lot of insecurities I have, like, let's just talk about them because more the more you talk about them, I think the more comfortable you become with this kind of things that you, in the end, eventually you will be less insecure. Um, that brings me back to one thing I discussed with my partner recently that it's kind of controversial and I know I will sound like an asshole after saying this. Basically, I was thinking uh, when people making decisions that will have absolutely negative impact on their future, are they being insecure or they're just stupid? So that's the thing. As I said, of course, humans are not always rational same as myself, but I think there is a limit of like how much insecurity could tilt your mind. I know a lot of smart people, when they're insecure, of course, they're also defensive and uh, they would also say something they regret later, but they will try to dodge something they are insecure about. And I know people that are insecure and keep confronting their insecurity but not in a constructive way for example they are already very ashamed that they're not sporty but they would always just keep trying to do all the sports and they're also low-key very competitive so they actually want to win they want to prove themselves they're just not comfortable with themselves being let's say clumsy or like bad at certain sports but still they would choose the most challenging sports for their body and somehow join certain competitions and lose the shit out of it keep losing keep crying and actually also don't enjoy the sport over time their insecurity instead of like confronting it and really defeating it it just keep growing it fucked my mind like when i hear this i think i'm also very overly empathetic so i really would get headache just like listening to it and be like dude why you do this and many people just cannot fucking answer this i mean many of my ex-friends i always try to help sometimes they either say you don't need to help me or sometimes they say i do want to hear your honest opinion and your advice but they actually don't i should also have just shut the fuck up you know like why are you so stupid you knew it that they did not want to hear your fucking opinions i remember once my brother and i said that my dad was just like gambling 
for the sake of gambling, there's no meaning behind it. We, we were kids, but I don't know. We were being suddenly very like uh deep. <laughs> yeah, so we just said it like kind of casually as well. You know, if you just want to gamble as a hobby, that's also fine, right? But doesn't have to be. Like what you said, you want to make more money through gambling for the family. You don't need to make it so big. Just enjoy your gambling hobby yourself. We wouldn't judge you like that. And he was so fucking mad. I think he beat the shit out of both of us. It it's really rare because usually he's not the physical person. My mom was the one who beat us a lot, but he would normally just be like. Sitting on the couch, not giving a fuck. That time he was really offended. I'm sure he also knew it himself that this is just an addiction. But then, if someone sets it out, then that's another story. Then he will feel ashamed and just you know couldn't control himself. If it's just like an acquaintance saying some, like just telling me their their stories and like their insecurity and what they're struggling with now, I think I would also be less invested. But if it's a friend, then I would just feel a lot just from hearing this, and I also get angry. Why aren't you solving the problem but only making it worse? Why? I'm still trying to figure out where is the boundary. When is the time that you should not give a fuck, and that's their thing, you know? Just let them take their drug, and even if they die from it, that's their choice. Cause I'm in a lot of Facebook groups for like foreigners in Berlin, international women in Berlin, all these kind of groups. People always post their stories and like their problems, their questions there openly. Many people are also like me that are very invested and wanna help. Sometimes OP would just get offended a little bit or a lot <laughs> by the comments, and then people would start this debate of when would this be a judgment and when would this be a sincere advice. And、uh, of course, on the internet. You basically strangers. You just shouldn't be too intrusive and just don't ask too much or don't assume too much because you just never know what's behind those people's posts. Maybe it's easier to to draw a line on the internet, but in real life, that's hard. I think I'm never afraid to say I'm a judgy person. I don't mind. Basically, for every single thing, I have an opinion, but I still think it's a bit unfair to always just say opinions are judgment and you're being judgy because it's not like that's a very big generalization. There are different kinds of opinions, so inappropriate judgment. That's more like something like uh whether someone wears a skirt or a. Pair of pants. It's just like a matter of choice, a matter of preference. You can judge something like, "Oh, it looks good on you." That's all. Or you can also keep it to yourself. But if this person is really insecure about their fashion sense, they're not really confident about it, and they actually want people to tell them how to. Improve their fashion sense in a way that it will be closer to what the majority of the people think. 
then I don't think that would be a judgment to tell this person this is not like because I don't like it, so I tell you. It's more like I think you might not like it as well. That's why I tell you. It wouldn't make that person happy that you just lie to them and be like, "You look great in that," because they are actively looking for suggestions and they want to improve on this. So the intention is completely different. When people say, "Oh my God, why are you so judgy?" blah blah, sometimes they're just unable to face their. Insecurity, so they want to twist some really constructive advice, even into just unhelpful judgments, like some medical advice from doctors, like because they get injured all the time from doing a certain sport, and then the doctor would just tell them, "Hey, you really have to rest a bit longer before you go back to the sport." And I think this is not a fucking judgment. Judgment is more like a gynecologist telling you that, "Hey, you are already thirty-two. You should have a kid soon, like that." Because then you're assuming. Unless I told them that I wanna have a kid, that's a different story. But if I never said this, that's a pure judgment. My doctor also told me. Considering your hemorrhoids condition, you should not eat too much spicy food, and also eat more, eat less white bread, eat more fiber, vegetables. That's gonna help you. And I wouldn't be offended and be like, "Who are you to tell me what to eat? Is that because you're white? You know, I wouldn't be like that because I know that's just not relevant. Of course, like racism is everywhere." I can make ten more episodes about this, even though I'm already not the most underprivileged group of minorities. I have to say it's everywhere. But I'm really annoyed by people that are just abusing this term. They just blame everything on racism, and sometimes they are not even the affected groups. So, life hack. I don't really have too too much to say this week, but it's a very important one. Get a legal insurance if you're in Germany. <laughs> That's gonna help you a lot. I'm I'm saying this also because of all these things I experienced recently. Uh, it's no fun. Buy it when you feel like you don't need one because you will be thankful later. And usually, accidents or unfortunate events happen when you're not expecting them, and sometimes even in a row. So yeah, that's all of the life hack, and I'm also saying this based on the last five years of experience in Germany. I have to wipe my tears a little bit. <laughs> so I think that's all of this episode. I'm just trying to make a comeback, like the K-pop groups. <laughs> yeah, so there's no big like story plan for this episode. I was just like basically chit-chatting and again getting back to the rhythm. I guess next time I'm gonna go back to some relationship shit. Yeah, so that's all of this month's <laughs> this month's Berlin Midnight Meows. Bye for now. Ciao.